Hello and welcome to the All About Pigeons podcast. I'm Phil. I'm Chris. And we got a special treat for you today. We brought on somebody who actually knows something about pigeons. We got the uh, one and only Ricky Gonzalez from the Velocity First Roller Club here in Phoenix, Arizona. How you doing, Ricky? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Thanks for coming on here and setting us straight. You're going to teach us everything we need to know about how to make some world champion roller pigeons right i need to teach myself that <laughs> so uh that's uh that's uh we'll to put this on patreon yeah. if you got all that info i know yeah that's worth charging right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> make some money off of that i yeah. had that recipe so so you've been into pigeons for a while what uh what was your start in the pigeons and kind of specifically the rollers mm, i've been around pigeons and specific rollers all my life um i have my my brothers and, and game birds and roosters and stuff like that so it's, it was an upbringing uh in south central la where we're from you know it's a big big hobby out there um came to arizona they brought it along with and uh yeah, really. My my brothers were the ones that introduced me into rollers, and I've been around them all my life. And finally, got serious with them myself. I uh, got out of the service in '09, and about a year later, got myself a house and decided I needed some some birds, and I needed a another headache in my life, so I got some some rollers. Have um, Have you had a chance to compete in any of the World Cup flies? The world what the World Cup flies? I believe I competed once. I've I've done multiple flies i think the world cup i've only been only done that one once i think i've done the national the national fly for the mbrc i've done that one since 2017 i believe is when i when i started competing um i was more successful so i've been more successful in that when i qualified for the state of arizona as a regional qualifier in 2019 placed third in the nation that year so that was a good year for me uh, 2020 we didn't have anything going on 21 or 22 last year i qualified again for the regional and then made it to the to the final dance but that didn't go so well um it was a very windy windy stormy day and so we didn't the birds didn't do so well um so that's a national so i've been pretty good in the national um state flies or within bfrc I've won the Young Bird Fly in 2022, and then won the uh, BFRC Club Champion 2022 as well. So, I won a one onesie twosies. Yeah, won a couple. You're gonna in this in this uh, hobby, and especially rollers, you're gonna probably lose more than you're gonna win. Yeah, with um, and with you know being a part of the BFRC. Um, I guess I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you guys have, you guys really break down a lot of the different flies and the way you compete there too. I mean, like you're saying, the state and the national, uh, that's, that's something I wasn't even really too aware of, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple, I know you mentioned the world cup, world cup, and then you have your, your, uh, your nationals for the NBRC. That's a national one. Um, and then you have your, your, in your club championship, your club competition as well, as well. Um, I mean, we have, and then, you know, VFRC itself, I mean, we have some really, really tough flyers here in, 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 in Arizona. In Arizona, I mean, a lot of people, I don't know if anybody, you know, is familiar with some of the flyers that live in Arizona, but you got some, some, you know, big names and some good flyers. You have a, a national champion here. Um, you have, you know, a couple, just to name a couple off, you know, my head, you know, 
Alan Weaver is always, you know, he's a uh, one that's been competing for a long time, harder competitor. Uh, my brother, Charlie Gonzalez, he, matter of fact, uh, for the World Cup that just happened, he ended up placing third in the world. That's, that's a big feat. I saw that, man. That was, he scored like a seven something, right? I believe, I believe, no, I believe he scored 460 something, 460 oh, okay. something, but um, he's still third. I mean, the guy yeah. that took second was only like 20 points away from him. And then the guy that took first place, he ended up scoring like a thousand. So he, he, I, he must have had one, one hell of a kid, and I'm sure he did. So, uh, but yeah, that's, those are top feats right there. That's, that's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Some of these new high scores, uh, you know, a thousand points on up. That's incredible. Those guys are really putting together some serious teams. Hey, man. Oh, you yeah. guys, uh, can you guys mm-hmm. explain for the, can you guys explain for me the, the guy that doesn't know anything about rollers, what a fly is? So, fly, so a competition fly, um, 20 birds. Well, if you, it varies. You can go anywhere from 16, 15 to 20 birds. Um, you make up your team. You have 20 minutes to try to score as many points as possible with your team. Uh, minimum depth that they have to row is 10 feet. And more than five birds have to break together or row together at the same time to score. Um, some of these, you also get multipliers depending on the depth, the quality of the birds. So there's different multipliers that you can you can achieve as well. The breaks, depending on how big the breaks are. so. You know, between five and nine, they're just single digit, you know, breaks. So if you get six, you get six points. But if you get anywhere between 10 and I believe it's 10 and 13 or 10 and 15, it doubles and, you know, uh, then it triples. There's a triple and then there's a, a quadruple one. I believe it's when you hit all 20, all 20 birds break at the same time. But that's that's a very rare uh, feat. I don't that's know. When, I don't know. If that's when a nuke done goes that, off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've yet to see one of those. Yeah. So the breaks, that's when your bird that's when your birds are rolling. Am I wrong? Yeah, that's when your birds are rolling together. Five or more. Yeah, five or more. Oh. A lot of the uh it's just you know, rollers are, are just like um like homers where you have different strains. There's some strains that are that are built to break bigger than others. You, yeah, it just yeah, it depends. I mean you can get some pretty big breaks and when you see those go off when you see those 10 plus bird breaks i mean those that's just that's you know it's amazing man. that's what made me fall in love with yeah it's pretty awesome to watch and out there first day of dove season watching watching birds fly (laughs) every time i heard a shot oh we got him (laughs) one rolling uh pretty neat stuff but um (laughs) it was good it was good. Um, so, when you say five at a time, um, now is that one coming out of the air and then two following and then three, four, five, or is that all at the same time? What happens if I get five that go all at the same time and one comes in, say, quarter of a second later? It has to be a, a simultaneous break. So, um, give me one second. There's when you have birds, so some i guess some people they want you to break depends and it's that's where it gets a little tricky with the breaks because some judges want your birds to you know set up break from the front boom you get your your five five plus more birds and you get the points um some you know they roll from the back it's not always a bad thing but usually you want them to break from the front you want the whole team to stop you know wait for each other boom break you get your points 
Um, and they have to be, if you five roll, one other one rolls after that, they don't count that six one. It's just the five that go together. Okay. You can, the, the points, if the birds are flying back towards the kit, they, they still count as a part of the kit. So you'll still score points if five or more break. If you have more than two birds out, or depending on how many birds you're flying, um, if you're, you have more than two birds that come out of the kit and are coming right back to the kit or shooting right back to the kit and five break, then they don't count. Okay. So, so the that's kit. where it gets tricky. And that's where you as a trainer, you got to make sure. Yeah. And your kit, that's, that's your group uh -huh. of birds, right? That's your flock. Your that's team. your group of birds. Correct. Right. Your flock. Mm -hmm. And your out birds, those are birds that are not flying with the group. Those are birds that are not flying with the group. Correct. Right. Those are considered out birds, yeah. And those are the ones that they should be they should be releasing on dove dove season, start of dove season. Let them out. <laughs> Let them get. <laughs> so you're talking about how there's different bloodlines, like with how there are with homers. You know, you got the scions and the van loons and stuff like that. And with the rollers, you know, I've heard of like the masons and the higgins and weavers and turners and stuff like that. Is there any? Uh, specific line of rollers that you really key in with and is that your family that you're working with or prefer or? yeah the ones that i'm working with now um are are they're an english-based bird so they're they are the masons um those are the ones that i'm that i'm focusing on there uh they've been really good birds birds for me i mean uh real good just like like i said like your homers so they got a really good kit sensitivity so they they like to break together they like to stick together um really good homing ability I had a different strain uh, before, and then it's just, I just kept having overflies uh, with the birds where I would fly the kit together. They would come out, they'd be very active, but then they'd fly into the sunset and I'd lose the whole kit and wouldn't get any back. So uh, oh, I went, oh, yeah, I went over to this this new strain, the uh, these English birds. And and uh, yeah, if you want to know about heartbreak, man, that, that's heartbreaking when you have a, a team disappear on you like that. but. There's a lot of different factors that, that lead into that, so I can't necessarily blame that always on the on the uh, family of birds. But I found this family, and they're they're good rollers. They they good, really good kit competition birds, and like I said, they have really good homing ability, and and they just work for me. And these are the ones that I'm working with. Um, I have, I think I have two two pairs of like a color project that I got going on. Uh, but those are just more for me, not not really for for competition. Ooh, color must be them. Must be them Turner birds. Little, yeah, some Turner. <laughs> yeah, they are the Turner birds. Got uh, two pencils. I have an almond, and then I have a um, another a uh, opal hen that that's coming along. It's coming in the mail soon. So that'll be my two pairs, and that that's just for me, just for shows if i want to go show them off or um yeah just for me but they do show roll though off. they do have some really good velocity they they are yeah yeah show them off so you fly your you fly your best color you fly all of them do you, you put some to the side no uh, no they all fly man first and foremost when it when it's when it's rollers they got to be selected out of the air so everything that i have i'm testing out so you know the breeders that I have, I you know they were given to me, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to fly the breeders. So right. now I'm kind of working on on you know my first steps of creating you know working with my own family. So everything that that comes out, everything that I breed is going to fly. They have to be you know selected out of the air first and foremost. You know before Same. you get into 
some of that other yeah, nitty-gritty same. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I won't, I won't breathe anything that, that it won't fly. How do I know if it flies? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I won't either. I love, I just, but I just love to fly the birds too. If it, if it, uh, if it flies yeah. away, it flew away. Um, that's what a great life. They got fed every day and they found somewhere else <laughs> to feed. You know. <laughs> uh, with the rollers, feet is like a really big point too. I've I've heard a lot of different things about like, uh, you know, just Milo or even like just the, the amount of protein you're feeding and. When uh, my son had problems with his rollers, getting kind of fat and lazy, we, we cut back on the feed and, you know, it made a big adjustment in the way they were flying. Um, is there anything that you found that works really well with getting your mm. birds up and flying for a good time? And Yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, pretty much feed is 80% of the battle uh, when it comes down to rollers. It's very, very crucial. Um, with the birds that I have now, for example, the, the English Mason birds that I have now, I fly them on a, on a three, two, one mix. So it's three parts wheat, two parts uh, Milo, one part barley. And that seems to be the ticket for me. It keeps them, keeps them healthy. Um, it doesn't, they're, I call it a balsa, balsa effect where they're, they're like a light where they're, you could feel that they're sturdy, they're, they're healthy, but they're not overweight and not too light. They're perfect, a, per, a perfect balance. Um, so the barley, I keep, I use it as a, as a, yeah, buoyant, exactly. And I use it as a tool. So what happens is Sorry, uh, guys. when I feed them that three, two, one, when I feed them that three, two, one mix, what's going to happen is that that helps me, the, the barley helps me gauge whether I overfed or underfed. If they leave the barley, that means I fed them too much. So I need to cut it back a little bit. And I can do that the next day. If they, as soon as, as, soon as I see that barley being left behind, I know I've overfed them and that's a problem because that's when you start getting those overflies. They fly too high, they fly too long and they get too strong on you. So that's my, my, my gauge. And that's, that's a method that George Mason uses out in England. And so I've kind of used it Well, I've started using it here as well. And it works for me. I like it. Um, you can feed, I try to, with my other birds, I try to keep them at a 12% uh, mix. And that was pretty good. I just try to keep away from the corn you know it's not too cold in arizona i don't think we really need the corn here so no corn so i used to feed the um that 12 no corn from i believe it's but you're mixing that it though right or... mix. but yeah oh, winners yeah the, well the three two one mix yeah the three two one mix though the wheat milo barley i keep it separate yeah so yeah keep the wheat separate the milo separate the barley separate and that's that's a, uh, a plus about being able to feed like that also is that I can adjust as well. If I see them getting a little too weak on me, then I can up the the wheat and, and get them a little, you know, a little fed up. Usually those those rollers. I mean, as much as you you love watching them roll and you love watching them fly, a lot of people keep them, you know, keep them nice and and and, and you know chunky up into the moment of of, of competition. And then you kind of start breaking them down a little bit, and you start getting more activity out of them, more roll out of them. You don't want to deteriorate the bird either, but you know, you give them a little, a little, little beat down with the, with the feed, and you start getting more activity out of them. You lose, you lose some of the quality in the roll, but you start getting those big breaks, those, you know, ten plus bird breaks at the same time. So it's, it's complicated, and you're not always going to hit it right on the nail. Unfortunately, they could be doing good one day, next day judges here ready to judge you, and they do the complete opposite of what you thought they were going to do. So it's hit or miss. All you could do is just try to try to up your odds and 
and open the door. Um, another thing as far as the... Um... Mm -hmm. Got it mesmerized. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you broke up the Sorry, first guys. Thing. I'm just mutant. Uh, <laughs> my, my lovely no, wife no, no, just no. got um, home and my dog said hi. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> So with uh, one of the other things, I mean, because yeah. roller pigeons are just, uh, I love all performing breeds of birds anyway. And, um, you know, with the rollers, that's, you know, mm -hmm. those are some real athletes for sure. And there's so many different things, like you're saying, how important feed is. So what about like, I've heard this too, you know, kind of boxing them up, keeping them in the kit box for a certain period of time and letting them get a little antsy and then turning them out or is flying them every day the thing. Um, I know we had a problem with my son would fly his every day right after school, but then when we were so on the clock with it, we started getting more birds of prey that you know I swear that they were they were watching it too. They knew exactly oh four thirty you know, um, but I mean I've heard things about like yeah you yeah. Know, let, let your birds sit in the box for a minute, like a day a week whatever, and then when you turn them out they're going to be real antsy. They're going to want to jump up there and fly really good for you. I've also heard that letting them just free fly will actually kind of pull the roll out of the bird. That that's kind of uh, that goes into that that fit the fit bird, a fit bird will resist the roll. So the stronger they become, and the more you fly them, the stronger they're going to become. They start becoming more resistant to the roll. So you'll see, you'll start seeing that performance kind of you know it, it'll go away, and then you start beating them up a little bit. You lock them up for a little bit, and let them get fat, and then start flying them again and beat them down again, and then boom, you'll get that performance come back in. So that's where you got to balance them out. I. I I try to keep a couple, you know, I like flying birds every day, so I keep a couple kits when I can. And, and so I'll fly, you know, a kit one day, skip the next day, fly another kit and just rotate them. My main competition birds, I'll fly them twice a week, if you know, twice a week. And in between there, in between those two days, everything else gets to fly. And I, like I said, I'll keep them in a rotation and rotate them. Um, the, the box yeah i mean everybody has their their ways everybody has you know a secret or or you know or, or a way they they like to do their competitions or or certain you know you know tricks and tools that they like to use the the box i'm not a big fan of it there there's a a, a guy on youtube who goes by the name of heine biker four-time world world champion so he knows a thing or two yeah, to be able to win four world championships, you got to know something. And when I first started getting into to the rollers, I used to watch a lot of his videos. And so he used to, you know, be big against the uh, against the, the the small kit boxes and, you know, the dark kit boxes. He wanted to make sure the kit boxes were were big to where you can all the all the purchase at the back so you could see the birds. And I think he was on point with what he had to say. You know, he said, how do you know what your birds are, are doing? Yeah, they're just locked up in a teeny little box and you can't see them if you can't see them then how do you know if a bird if you you know if your bird's sick or a bird's not feeling well if you if you see and observe your birds every day you can see when one's off so you'll see when one's sick and say hey you know what this guy doesn't look right so i gotta pull him out you know take a look at him and say you know what yeah this guy's sick i need to move him out of the way and if you have him in a small kit box dark kit box you don't you don't you don't know so I became a big believer in, in the big open kit boxes. So the dowel fronts, um, I think I used a little, what are they, half inch by, by inch little uh, boards. And so I made mine similar to that. So my kit boxes are about five and a half feet 
tall, three feet deep. All the, all the perches are in the back, box perches. And I could see, I could see right through and I could see every single bird and I know what, you know, I can keep an eye on my birds. I take a look at them right before I fly and make sure they're all, you know, looking healthy and let them out. Um, the other thing here in Arizona, I just don't think box, you know, box kit boxes like that are, are to me healthy for a bird when they're just sitting inside an oven all day, especially as hot as it's been here, you know? That'd be pretty tough to live in a box out here. <laughs> So what's your mm-hmm. what my yeah. takeaway from yeah. from what you just said was that instead of using a Volkswagen bus for my my kit, I should be using a Chevy Suburban. Suburban, yeah, Suburban or Excursion if you can find one. For sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if yeah, keep them healthy, keep them healthy there. You... I'm still I'm still playing around with my setup. I mean, you see, I I make a new one every couple of months, so. Uh, I'll have a big one, little one, double, whatever. Um, I'd like to do the European style loft, um, where they've got the boxes in oh, the back yeah. of the back of the loft, and then just open the front door. Because that's how I was flying them out of. That's yeah. why I was flying them before was out of a big, big old loft, and they still rolled. I don't know if they rolled. Oh yeah, yeah, those are sweet. Yeah, yeah, those are sweet. It'd just be an inside. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had a club member that did something similar to that. The European style kit, uh, um, kit boxes or the, um, the loft setup and the kit boxes inside were big stand up kit boxes like that. And I liked them a lot. I think in the future I'll do something like that. A lot of that just, just is dependent on what a guy's got to use too. A lot. Not everybody has yeah, yeah. a lot of there's space. The, there's no setup. That's yeah. why the pigeons are cool because you yeah, can fly them with a small amount of space. Yeah, especially with the rollers. I mean, I think, uh, I think compared to like you know some of the larger birds like racing homers and stuff, you can get away. You know, I've seen some pretty small. Looks like they're flying them out of lockers sometimes. You know, I'm surprised how many pigeons come out of those things. <laughs> well, like, bottom line is, yeah. if you can see them in the air, your yard doesn't need to be very big. I mean, you know, there's some pretty small. There's some pretty small pads with rollers flying out of them. The sky is where it's at. You're watching them in the air yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And there's a bunch of guys out there in California that, that fly like that. You know, they don't have big yards out there and they fly out of little yards, but you know, there's they're in the street watching them. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next week at the uh the convention, so that'll be fun. I really wanted to go to that. I just it's not gonna happen this year. Something something cool happened so i gotta i gotta do something else <laughs> yeah yeah well if you're if you, you know if you're just getting into rollers and that's something that you want to do you know if you want to if you get a catch you know one of these conventions and stuff and and go out there and, and you get to drive around you know bus around for a couple of days and check out different lofts different setups it gives you ideas for what you know something that you might want in the future you see different birds different families to me as a competitor, I, I I love that. I love that because one thing that I always told myself is that I wasn't going to become loft blind and think that I had the best birds in the world and just say, oh, you know, best birds are here in my backyard and just, you know, be loft blind. And I said, nope. So my goal is to go around, see what everybody else is flying, compare what I have to theirs. And then, you know, if I need to make adjustments, I make adjustments. But how am I going to be the best if... It's like I, football, I think man. That, you know, you gotta watch the tape. Oh yeah, exactly, 
exactly i know i want to i want to go to that i will it's going to be a thing next year for sure this year i am just going to focus on putting my setup together and and getting my few birds that i got breeding stuff like that you know learn how to fly the ones i got and see what's what's going on there you know i I was i had like 60 birds flying at one time and i not every not everything i did was right so it's gonna i'm learning all over i like that i like that term uh, you know what that's a lot of people become love blind they think they have the greatest thing in the world you know in their backyard the greatest birds in the world and sometimes in a shot of reality (laughs) it comes in the form of a competition (laughs) <laughs> well, that's that's what's really cool about you know yeah. the the roller club you guys have you know the vfrc it's uh you know you guys all really push each other to to be better and you know that's that's a good healthy competition right there you know the, to challenge each other and push each other up that way i like that i mean that's, that's they've been it. helpful too yeah and it's yeah. helpful to the it's helpful to the breed too you know it's it's good to keep that breed of the birmingham rollers getting better and better you know that's how we get all these crazy pigeons from one pigeon is because we we select and breed and you know we just keep going with what works the best and you know clubs like this you know you guys you guys are creating a really good bird at the end of all this all the family work you're doing i was lucky enough to become so i finally be, you know well i became club president this year so uh that's been that's been you know it was that's what it's awesome that's all i can that's say true. awesome um you know we we're a great club a great group of guys if you ever get a chance to come out and hang out with us, you, you know, we, we, we'd love to have anybody come out, hang out. Um, these clubs, you know, use them as a, as a springboard. Come out, you know, you get to see other lofts. Like I said, you get to go to all these other houses or, you know, some of our club members, see what they got going on. Um, we love to help new, you know, newcomers. You, could, you know, we love to, to share whatever knowledge we can share, whatever we have. We share that. You know, the birds, same thing. You know, we help each other out help newcomers out and that's one thing that i love about this club sometimes you know the competition can can blind someone and and you know they they just become a little too competitive where it's no longer fun and i think with this club we make it fun it's competitive but we make it fun and enjoyable and i think that's what i i enjoy enjoy most of the hobbies also the friendships that i've made along the way i met some some fantastic people along the way and sometimes uh i think people lose sight of that and that's one thing that people need to you know enjoy as well i met a lot of cool people there a lot of cool people i've been to i've been to two the lawn show and then the last the last meeting at rick yep at, uh, adrian's yep a lot of cool people yeah. you guys put out a pretty good lawn show too i gotta yeah, say you guys uh, really do a little job on that i'm understating yeah, thank that. you we're just gonna try to grow it as much as we can <laughs> Yeah, no, we're, we're going to try to make it bigger and bigger every single year. So every single year, we'll try to make it bigger and, and try to, you know, promote the hobby, promote the hobby, the fellowship and, and you know, promote just enjoy the birds, enjoy the people. It doesn't have a set weekend. We try to do it um, usually March. So you keep an eye out. March is usually when we try to knock it out of the way since it's still cool outside, not too hot. And a lot of folks lock up their birds, you know, in March. Well, a lot of people that fly in the inner city because of the Falcon and the BOPs, we lock up in the winter time um, to just avoid the losses, the bird losses. And uh, so that's kind of when we try to get that show out of the way in March. And it's kind of usually that, that that start to the season. So right after that show, it's kind of when we start the uh, 
uh, the season. I know this year we did it a little bit later. I think we did it in May this year. Uh, but usually we try to knock it out in March. You said that there you guys are doing uh, national flies right now, or what's the what's the upcoming fly you guys are doing right now? So there's two. We have the uh, young bird fly for VFRC. Um, that's going to be this Saturday, actually. So we'll have um, we'll start off in Tonopah. We have a couple flyers for that one. That's a club fly. The actual the big one, which is a national fly, that's going to be October. Shoot, what is it? 19th, 17th, 20th, 21st, 20th, and 22nd. Yep. Yeah, it's that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's it's uh, it's for the nationals, and that's going to be. There's two different flies. There's an 11 bird fly and a 20 bird fly. The 11 is that Thursday, Friday, and the 20 is that Saturday, Sunday. So the 20, I think we already talked about kind of how that works. The 11 bird fly, which I didn't mention, that's that's a little different. It's, it's it's a national fly for the MBRC, but this one is to reward and promote depth with birds. So this one you score, you don't necessarily need five birds to break with this one with the 11. It, it's you get scored on on every single individual bird rolling the depth and you get multipliers depending on the depth and speed of the birds so the 11 bird is to promote the speed and the depth and and, and the velocity in the birds and you get 20 minutes to score that's, as many points as you can with that one as well that's that's my that's my competition there i can only get like seven or eight birds raised at a time they did that for me <laughs> yeah that's the <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really, we just started doing that one this year, um, or last year actually. Yeah, last year we started doing the 11 bird. We we never really had a chance to participate in that one, and we finally got the uh, enough people to to want to fly in it, and and it was it was very fun. I didn't get to fly in it, um, but I went around and stuff, and and you know worked with the uh, uh, with the judge, and it was it was a, such a great fly. Yeah, I've been talking. I've been it's talking a, a little fly. bit with with alan about that one i'm gonna go out there and watch watch him play yeah we'll have to oh, get yeah. the uh we'll have to get the results I mean, on that too that'll be uh that'll be interesting to see how these arizona guys are holding up on it man the weather's yeah, so good though really good flyers here in arizona so yeah well hey we're uh we're coming up against mm-hmm. the clock here um ricky thanks for coming on and you know talking with us a little bit and sharing some of your knowledge and experience on rollers and it's it's a lot to pick through on this and a lot to think about um good luck on your on the upcoming flies with the club and with the nationals too thank you thank you a lot man i'm gonna try my my best and i put the weapon on him right (laughs) (laughs) that's the goal it just doesn't work out like that all the time (laughs) that's always a goal i go into it super motivated but like i said we got some some tough competitors in this area it's it's a tough one well hey man good luck with it and uh yeah let us know how it all goes and we'll be happy to share some results on the uh word on the wire segment yeah no problem man and if you guys ever want me to jump on again i'll be more than happy to awesome thanks ricky